Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. Today's featured audio is Christine Moore NTP. We'll be right back. Check out LifeSense products featuring the most potent C8 MCT oil and powder, BHB exogenous ketone salts with only natural sweeteners, and new to the world, C8 MCT oil for dogs. All of these products are scientifically formulated by Dr. Alvin Berger, who is the world-renowned lipid biochemist and nutritionist, as well as an expert in ketogenic fats. LifeSense has developed a custom easy-pour bottle for C8 MCT oil, and they've introduced more innovative, state-of-the-art nutritional products. Go to LifeSenseProducts.com to get your premium products all proudly made in the USA for the low-carb lifestyle. LifeSenseProducts.com Are you having issues with fatigue, the keto flu, or muscle cramping on your ketogenic diet? Then allow me to introduce you to Keto Vitals. They will solve all of these issues. Keto Vitals is a high-dose electrolyte in a pill specifically created for the unique needs of the ketogenic lifestyle. They use only the best ingredients. In fact, their form of magnesium was shown in a double-blind trial to improve insulin sensitivity. Keto Vitals is 100% guaranteed. If it doesn't work, they will refund your money. Head on over to KetoVitals.com or you can go on Amazon and get free two-day shipping for Amazon. Prime members. Use the coupon code KETO1515 both on Amazon and at KETOVITALS.com to get 15% off of your order. Keto Vitals. Ah, uh, living la vida low-carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the living la vida low-carb show. Hey, the living low-carb show. Today's featured audio is from the 2018 Low Carb Cruise. Visit lowcarbcruiseinfo.com to learn more about the 2019 Low Carb Cruise, leaving out on May the 31st, 2019 as the 12th annual Low Carb Cruise to the Bahamas. We also have another Keto 101 Cruise sailing out September 28th, 2019. Get full details at lowcarbcruiseinfo.com. This is her very first talk ever. And I'm incredibly honored and privileged to invite my wife, Christine. She is now a nutritional therapy practitioner. And if you don't know what that is, nutritionaltherapy.com. If you want to learn more about it, there's several NTPs in the audience, or soon-to-be NTPs. Raise your hands. Represent. Good ones around. So we wanted to give you a chance to show off some of that knowledge you got. And so before we do, she and I are writing a book together called Real Food Keto. So uh, Christine uh, wrote most of the book uh, earlier this year. I went in behind her and did my little thing with books. And we just turned in the manuscript, so it's going to come out in the fall. I'm trying to coax her into doing some of the audiobook with me. 
So you'll get a, a different voice than this annoying one. Uh, so that's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we also do a podcast on Mondays called the Nutritional Pearls Podcast. Who listens? Thank you, guys. So nutritionalpearlspodcast.com is the website. And on that show, it's not an explicitly keto show, but we talk about some of the key things that you learned in your training that really aren't talked about in the ketogenic world. And so we try to pull out those pearls of wisdom of nutrition that could be applicable to ketogenic dieters. And you wanna talk about six of those here today. So take it away. Could you um, stay up here and flip the- I will click away, girlfriend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So. These things that I'm getting ready to talk about are just very important. You don't hear a lot about it in any of the circles that, um, in, in diet circles, but, um, so the first thing um, I really wanted to talk about was stomach acid. That's definitely not talked about a lot. And you, those of you who are on last year's um, cruise, you remember me getting up and asking Jimmy and Dr. Nally, the, how do you tell the difference between being satiated on a ketogenic diet versus not having enough stomach acid because you will have problems. You, you won't be hungry if you're not producing enough stomach acid. And so he explains you know, some of the symptoms that you would have. So basically, um, stomach acid disinfects the stomach. It has several roles, but one of them is to disinfect the stomach. And the other is that it helps produce pepsin which is what's responsible for digesting. Can I have a diet pepsin? <laughs> it's responsible for uh, digesting your proteins. So you may not be aware of this, but in actuality, uh, nine out of 10 people are deficient in stomach acid. And so this is one of the reasons why I think this needs to be talked about. It aggravates me so much to hear doctors prescribing people Rolaids, Tums, these proton pump inhibitors. You're making things worse. And I saw that happen with my mom and my dad. Um, so yeah, the, the, there were two doctors that came up with this statistic. The first one was Jonathan Wright. He was an MD and he used the Heidelberg pH test to come up with it. It basically involves you swallowing a pill and it measures the pH of your stomach. Another doctor was a chiropractor. His name was George Goodhart. And he came about this same conclusion, conclusion using um, applied physiology and functional evaluation. So I wanna go through um, some of these in more detail. So the first thing that can happen if you don't produce enough stomach acid is that you're not gonna digest your proteins. And this is why I have a little concern with people who eat a lot of protein because so many of us are deficient in hydrochloric acid, you're not gonna be digesting those proteins and undigested proteins can, um, once it does exit the stomach and go into the duodenum and the small intestine, you have your drinking glass ready every time. <laughs> so um, once it- Duodenum, prostaglandin, and what's the other one? Uh, cholecystokinin. And cholecystokinin, that's my drinking game. <laughs> 
So uh, once they, these undigested proteins enter the rest of the small intestine, it causes irritation, causes increased impermeability in the intestine, which can lead to um, leaky gut and autoimmune conditions. And I believe that's part of the reason why I have three autoimmune conditions. Well, two now. I had one taken care of with a hysterectomy, but I've suffered with autoimmune conditions because I don't produce enough stomach acid. And I found that out very quickly when going through um, the nutritional therapy program. Um, so I know you need proteins to be able to digest proteins because here's what happens. You have your amino acids, which you get from proteins. Those form peptides. The peptides form gastrin. Gastrin is what stimulates hydrochloric acid production and hydrochloric acid is what stimulates pepsin. But there are two other factors that people don't talk about. You need zinc and B6 for, um, for stomach acid production. If your digestion is off, you're not gonna be absorbing those nutrients. So there's, there's a multifaceted um, puzzle going on here. So if you're deficient in zinc, you're not gonna be able to produce enough stomach acid. Um, so the next thing that happens is you have foreign invaders that are allowed to get into your body. Um, your stomach acid is what helps fight these bad bacteria. And, and I'm assuming that, that this is what happens with food poisoning. Th those people that get food poisoning probably are very likely not producing enough stomach acid. Your stomach is your first line of defense as far as those bad buggers getting into the rest of your body. Um, so another thing that you have is um, GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. This is one thing that people have a hard time realizing. You know, you go to your doctor, you have heartburn, you have acid reflux, they, they prescribe the proton pump inhibitor, and they did that with my parents. What actually is happening is that since you don't have enough hydrochloric acid, the food is just sitting in your stomach and there are several factors that weaken what's called the cardiac sphincter. So you have, if, if you have diet, stress, any a number of things, um, smoking, um, the food comes back up into your esophagus. And because the esophagus is not meant to be um, in an acidic environment, even though the the acidity of your stomach is not what it should be, it's still too acidic for the esophagus. And so when the food comes back up, it's gonna burn your esophagus. So heartburn is probably a sign of too little stomach acid. Um, the next thing that we have here is um, the pyloric sphincter um, will not allow the food to pass through to the rest of your intestines if the pH of your stomach is not right. So again, those carbs that you eat will ferment, the proteins will putrefy, yummy, and the fats will go rancid, and this causes irritation in the rest of your system. And again, I wanna mention that the three things that are needed for stomach acid production are gastrin, zinc, and B6. Those are the three major players. So, the next thing I want to do is teach you... Class participation. Yes, yeah, so this is the first point that we learned in the functional evaluation. So you have on your body something called the Riddler's Reflex HCL point. The fellow NTPs know this. I thought this. it was the Joker's Reflex. <laughs> so what it is, is it's a point that's... If you locate your rib cage and go up to where you feel the rib cage meets, 
that's your xiphoid process, go down an anatomical inch, so you measure the tip of your thumb to the first knuckle, and then go down that distance and then go against the left side of the rib cage. Not on top, but on the side. And so press on it. If it's tender, then you're likely not producing enough stomach acid. Who was it tender for? <laughs> a bunch of you. Yeah. So Me that, too. So that, one, that was the very first point that we actually learned. That's where I found my mine was a 10 out of 10 on that one. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is gut health. This is another thing that is not talked about a lot, but is so very important. So your microbial cells outnumber your human cells actually 10 to 1. And that's equal to 2 to 4 pounds of microbes living in our gut, or 100, tr 100 trillion buggers that are living in there. Um, and some benefits of the good um, gut health is that it helps protect the intestinal wall. Um, these microbes help protect, uh, produce vitamin K2, K, uh, vitamins B1, B2, and B12. So um, you may not be as familiar with K2, but K2 is actually necessary for calcium to work, and I'll um, get into that here in a little bit. Um, but these good gut bugs also help digest foods and absorb nutrients. This is where in the small intestines your um, nutrients are sent into the bloodstream. Um, these little good gut buggers help fight harmful microbes. They help improve bowel transit time. Funny story about this, I gotta tell you, my daddy, um, he started eating keto um, maybe a month and a half ago and he's, he's done really good. He's lost a lot of weight already. But one of the things that I did was put him on a probiotic. And he calls me up one day and he says, you know that probiotic you put me on? It, what, do, what is that supposed to do? Is that supposed to make you go poop more often? And you know you're comfortable with your dad when you can talk to him about his poop. So I, I had known he had had some issues with... I'm not comfortable with that discussion. <laughs> he had had problems with diarrhea and I knew he had digestive problems. Um, so I said, well, yeah, it's supposed to make you go more often. And I said, are you having diarrhea? He goes, no. I said, well, how often are you going? He goes, well, I'm going every day. And he, I mean, I'm like, Dad, what are you talking about? He said, well, before I, I went, I had one bowel movement every three days. Ooh. And so I'm like, Dad, having a bowel movement every day is very healthy. So that's, that's a very good thing. So I was very happy to see that. And then the, um, another benefit of the good gut micro, uh, microbes is that it helps you have good mental health. It improves your mental health. I don't know if you realize this, but 90% of the serotonin that your body produces is in your small intestines. So that's why if you suffer from depression, I would look at your, um, your gut health. So there are many things that can permanently affect the composition of our microbiome. And I mean, it can vary from age to um, where you live and your diet, but some of these things, some of the big ones are stress. So when you're stressed, the blood flow to your gut is reduced, which um, can damage your um, gut microbiome composition. The blood is sent to your heart and your muscles to, pre to prepare you for the fight or flight response. 
And so um, that's a big one. And then a diet high in sugar and refined carbohydrates. There's, there's two things that happen with this. When you eat a diet high in refined carbohydrates and sugar, you're feeding the bad bacteria or bugs that are in your gut, and they eventually um, overpopulate and outnumber the good. And so you end up with candida, yeast overgrowth, um, digestive issues, diarrhea, that sort of thing. And then the same sort of thing with a diet high in sugar and refined carbs, you're putting your body in a constant state of stress. Your adrenal glands are having to constantly deal with your um, blood sugar levels. So um, the same thing happens. You're in that fight or flight mode all the time. Another thing that hap or another thing that can cause an imbalance, there are contraceptives. Um, you may not be aware of this, but there are hormone receptors all over your body, including the gut. And so having these additional hormones pumped into your body can cause um, damage or weaken the microbiome. Um, and just a fun fact that um, women that take a contraceptive for longer than five years are likely, three times uh, more likely to have Crohn's disease. And another obvious one that um, happens a lot today is overuse of antibiotics. Not only do they kill the bad, but they also kill the good. And, and Jimmy and I both have been on a lot of antibiotics, and this is one reason why I still suffer with... How many for you? Uh, 20 plus. 20 plus, and there was one time where I had a series of urinary tract infections that would not go away, and the doctor put me on um, Augmentin, which is a very powerful antibiotic, for three months straight. Three and months. he didn't tell me to be taking a probiotic during this time. So I did a lot of damage. Another fun fact um, is that if you have had your appendix taken out, you are more likely to have gut health issues because your appendix, we, we've often uh, thought that it's been a useless organ, but it, research is now showing that it, your appendix is actually a safe house for those good gut microbiome to repopulate. So if you, if you don't have your appendix, well, even if you do have your appendix, it's very important to take a, um, a good probiotic. Do you still struggle trying to find a sweetener that fits your ketogenic lifestyle? Then let me introduce you to Swerve. Swerve tastes like sugar and there's no funky aftertaste that you get from all those other high intensity sweeteners. Swerve actually looks like sugar and you may not even realize it, but granular and particle size have a lot to do with how foods feel in the mouth. Because Swerve measures cup for cup just like sugar, it is super easy to use. Swerve has taken away the guesswork on how much to use in your recipes, you simply swap it one for one for sugar. Swerve is the perfect sweetener for baking and cooking, and unlike other sugar alternatives, Swerve browns and caramelizes just like sugar, which means creme brulee and meringues are even possible. The best part is Swerve has very little impact on blood sugar and insulin levels, making it perfect for a diabetic or anyone following a ketogenic lifestyle. Swerve is made from erythritol as well as oligosaccharides 
proteins, which is a form of prebiotic fiber to help stimulate beneficial bacteria in the intestines. All the ingredients found in Swerve are from the United States and Europe, and Swerve has been in business for more than 16 years. Headquartered in the good old USA in New Orleans, everybody in keto is now using Swerve, and it's your turn too. Go to SwerveSuite.com to find a store near you, and it's also available on Amazon.com. Swerve, the ultimate sugar replacement. Do you like cookies? Jeff Freeth started Fat Snacks, S-N-A-X, in 2017 to make his keto lifestyle way more delicious. Fat Snacks cookies are soft-baked to perfection using coconut flour, butter, and almond flour. First time I tried these Fat Snacks cookies, oh my goodness, you guys, I fell in love. Plus, they're sugar-free, contain just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs, and have up to 9 grams of fat. Jeff and his team are proud to have become the top-selling keto-friendly cookie, all with just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs per serving. Fat Snacks flavors include chocolate chip, peanut butter, and lemony lemon, and they recommend you start with the variety pack on your first order. Head on over to fatsnacks.com jimmy, that's F-A-T-S-N-A-X dot com jimmy, and use the coupon code L-L-V-L-C at checkout for 5% off of a single order or 10% off of your first subscription order. At Snacks Cookies. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is proper hydration. And this is one thing that I struggle with. Yeah, I love the sound effects. So water makes up at least 60% of the body, sometimes more, and it's the most common nutrient deficiency today in, in America. Yes, water is a nutrient. Everybody sip to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're, um, it's easy to calculate your daily intake of water. So you just basically take your body weight and you divide by two, but not to exceed 128 ounces or one gallon. And it's the same if you have a diuretic. I didn't put this on there, but it gets a little more complicated when you consume a diuretic like uh, coffee, alcohol, uh, fruit juice, which uh, not a lot of us do fruit juice, um, teas that are caffeinated, um, sugary sodas. Um, you have to take that amount of ounces of diuretic that you drank and multiply that by 1.5 and that's how much water you should add to your daily intake but again not to exceed one gallon so there are several signs of dehydration to be looking out for and i'm one to get in the garden and start planting pulling weeds whatever and i don't pay attention to these particular signs. So the early signs of dehydration are fatigue, anxiety, irritability, depression, cravings, cramps, and headaches. So if you've experienced any of these things, if you have a headache, like I've had a, a headache starting on Sunday and I had it all day Sunday and all day Monday, um, I, I figured it wasn't because I was, it was because I wasn't drinking enough. And so um, I made sure I had drinks. But if you experience any of these things, look to your water intake first. And then some of the later signs are heartburn, joint pain, back pain, migraines, and fibromyalgia. So again, if you suffer with any of these things, 
then look to your hydration. How, how much water have you had to drink that day? And some fun, fun facts, a drop in 2% of your body, uh, of the water in your body can cause fatigue. Then if you have a drop in 10%, this can trigger problems like digestive issues, cardiovascular issues, immune and musculoskeletal issues. Um, all of these systems need good hydration for them to function properly. And then a drop greater than 10% you can you it can lead to death so this is very serious we need to um, make sure that we are drinking enough water the next thing i want to talk so about everybody go drink some water <laughs> the next thing that i want to talk about is is something that we hear a lot about on the ketogenic diet and it's it's um fats and the importance of fats so their fat has several roles in the body and they, it's, the first thing is it provides a long source of, of energy for the body. Um, the next thing is that it uh, makes healthy cell membranes. Our cell membranes are composed of fat, so they need fat in order to be healthy. And another side note, um, fat is the preferred fuel source for the brain and the heart. Um, there are certain functions with the brain that need glucose, but... In my opinion, you can get all the glucose that you need through protein that you eat. So there's not, there's an essential, there are essential fatty acids and there are essential amino acids, but there's no essential dietary carbohydrate because your body can make it. Also, fat helps absorb the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. So if you're eating a low-fat diet or not enough fat, your body is not going to be able to utilize these dietary fats or the, the, the vitamins uh, A, D, E, and K. Um, fat increases satiety. It just makes food taste good, plain and simple. So uh, that's why I have lots of bacon. Um, yes, she does. I do. Um, and another biggie is that fats help manage inflammation. So um, you may here get your get your drinking glass again. So fats lead to what's called prostaglandins, which help manage <laughs> inflammation. So you have your um, your saturated fats lead to the uh, formation of a prostaglandin too. And we and we talk about eating a lot of saturated fat on the ketogenic diet. Here's, here's an important thing. You need a healthy mix of all these fats, the monounsaturated fats, saturated fats, um, and polyunsaturated fats. Yes, I just said polyunsaturated fats. So your polyunsaturated fats are composed of um, omega-3s and omega-6s. Here's what we don't talk about, and I'm guilty uh, early on talking about staying away from your omega-6s because they're bad. Well, they are bad in context of how they are processed. So a lot of the ones that you see on store shelves, they've been exposed to the lighting of the store, they've been exposed to heat, and they're in clear bottles. Um, if you're gonna have your omega-6s, which you need them, uh, make sure they say organic and cold pressed because once they're exposed to heat, that's when they become unstable. So your prostaglandin ones, um, let's see if I can remember this, your prostaglandin ones are um, 
PG1s, which are anti-inflammatory. Then you have your saturated fats, which turn to prostaglandin 2s, which are inflammatory. We still need the saturated fats uh, because your body needs to inflame before it can heal. It's it, with the immune system. So you have your inflammation. When inflammation happens, it clears the way for your white blood cells to get to the site of infection or injury faster. So you need to inflame before you can heal. And then your omega-3s lead to prostaglandin 3s, which are also anti-inflammatory. So this is why you need a healthy mix of all of them. And then I'll give you some sources real quick. Uh, some sources of omega-6s are um, sunflower oil, sesame oil, safflower oil, black currant seed, poultry, and eggs. Some sources of saturated fats are palm oil, coconut oil, um, butter, raw dairy, animal fats, and from pastured animals, if possible, and eggs. Then your omega-3s, some sources of those are fish oil, walnuts, pine nuts, pistachios, pumpkin seeds, and guess what? Eggs. You notice something with all of these, even monounsaturated fats. It's eggs, so it's nature's perfect food. The next thing I want to talk about are minerals. And uh, I want to go into, I, you can get a copy of our book when it comes out, and I go into great detail about all of the minerals and the benefits that they have in the body, but I just want to talk about a few of the major ones. Um, the first one is electrolytes, which are composed of sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, uh, and chloride. And these help transport nutrients into the cell if the cell is well hydrated. Um, electrolytes help maintain proper nerve conduction, and they help with the contraction and relaxation of muscles. Now, a few things that I want to mention here is that for most people, salt is not an issue. You, you know you've been told by your doctor if you have a salt sensitivity, and it's a very uh, minute portion of the population. So you would have to, for someone with normal blood pressure, 120 over 80, they would have to eat 7.2 five grams of salt, which is about a teaspoon and a half of salt a day. And that would only raise your blood pressure by five or six points. And even then, you're still not uh, considered high blood pressure, which is 140. You'll have a dry mouth if you do that. <laughs> yeah. So that that's, that's an issue. Um, and then another... Th thing is that if you know you have adrenal issues, if you have low adrenal function, your adrenal glands is what produces aldosterone. Aldosterone is something that kind of, um, it kind of helps the body to keep hold of the salt that you eat. If you're not producing enough aldosterone, you're going to dump salt through your urine and that will lead to an electrolyte imbalance. Um, calcium is the next big one. Calcium is the most abundant mineral in the body, and this is a big one for bone remodeling. You may have heard about this. Um, so basically what happens is the parathyroid needs vitamin D uh, to help with this process. When your blood pH gets too high, or yeah, uh, well, I'll start with the lower. When it gets too low, which means it's too acidic, then calcium is taken out of your bone and deposited into the blood, reducing uh, or raising the pH of the blood. If your blood pH gets too high, which means it's too alkaline, then you, the 
calcium is taken out of the blood and put into the bone. And this is the process of, of bone remodeling. And again, the parathyroid helps with this with the help of vitamin D. And so, let's see, digestion is another, um, there, well, there are several factors that calcium needs, and I'll go over these really quickly. Um, systemic pH, hydration, hormones, other minerals, vitamins, and essential fatty acids, and proper digestion. So those are all things that need to be in order for calcium to work right. Um, and then K2, I mentioned that earlier, that is produced by the good gut bugs. Um, this is needed to help calcium get where it needs to go. So for somebody that's deficient in K2, Oftentimes, they are, you can have osteoporosis, but at the same time have bone spurs because the calcium is not being put where it needs to go. Um, so zinc is another um, big mineral. This helps with healthy immunity, better wound healing, and again, this helps with stomach acid production. Magnesium helps calcium do what it's supposed to do. So if you have heart palpitations, it's likely a sign of magnesium deficiency. The phosphorus is the second most abundant mineral in the body, and this needs um, to, this is necessary for nerve function, makes muscles contract, and is an essential part of the structure of DNA. There are other benefits there too. Um, so, let me move on because I'm running out of time. Detoxification is the last thing that I want to talk about. And when I say the word detoxification, I can see some people's eyes rolling. Uh, it's not drinking shakes, although you can, but detoxification is something that's always happening in the body. And especially when we're sleeping, detoxification is a parasympathetic process, which means your body should be calm, and not under stress. So um, detoxification, um, all of your digestion, hydration, it's necessary for the detoxification process to work. Uh, diet, if you have a, a diet high in lifeless uh, processed food, which I, I call processed food lifeless because that's the way the body sees it, uh, blood sugar imbalances stress the liver, and so it's going to deplete those vitamins and minerals that are necessary for detoxification. Minerals, you need uh, magnesium and other minerals for detoxification, and hydration helps keep the bile and the lymph moving. Proper fats, again, bile is... Um, uh, need, you need fats to produce the bile, so uh, bile is where the toxins are taken out of the body. So there's two different types uh, or two phases of detoxification, phase one and phase two. For phase one, you need uh, B2, B3, magnesium, and an enzyme called cytochrome P450. This is made by the adrenal glands, so if you have adrenal problems, you might have detoxification issues. For phase two, you need, uh, this is conjugation, and this is, um, this, you need methionine, cysteine, glutathione, uh, sulfate, and cysteine for this. So. One thing to remember is that if phase one detoxification is compromised, then phase two detoxification will also be compromised and you will run into issues. So those are um, the big things that I wanted to talk to you about. I go into 
more detail in the book Real Food Keto. I get into yes, she does. <laughs> I get into proteins, carbohydrates. I talk about the endocrine system, um, a little bit about the immune system. So I encourage you, um, I wanted to put things in this book that, again, aren't talked about a lot. Many of you may be struggling with weight issues, and, and these things that are in the book may help shed some light as to why you are still struggling with your weight. So that's, that's what I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. And of course, I had to throw a Star Trek. Living La Vida Low-Car, this show is changing lives. Uh, we talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Hey. Cut up them avocados, uh, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused, don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low-Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show dot com. Woo. Disc. <laughs>